Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Opinions No F. This is Preston. And Brennan. We are coming to you guys to you guys from Lake Elsinore, my hometown. So I got Preston to come out here last night. So we some... painted the town red. Yes. One dive bar after another, because that's the only thing that's here. And there were two of them. And there yeah, there's two. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thriving metropolis. So now I think today we're gonna discuss how our hometowns shape us and make us who we are. What attributes or what characteristics do you bring with you throughout your life from your hometown? Or what did you learn at a young age? I spent, I moved to Lake Elsinore from Whittier, California when I was three years old, 1987, after the Whittier earthquake in LA. Is Whittier like a suburb of LA? Yeah, South LA. My parents grew up in Whittier. So it's literally only 70 miles away. It's not far. Okay. And um, they both grew up there. And then uh, 1987, work wasn't big for my dad. It's slowing down in construction. And then they sold their house for like double the price or whatever. Right. And bought a brand new house. Because the house that we lived in was like a 1950 build. It's like a one bathroom. Wait, three bedroom, one bath. Oh, shit. Okay. And there's two older brothers. So there's five of us. So. Now we moved into a house that's four bedroom, three bath, 2,400 square feet, brand new. Moving up in the world. You know? So Lake Elsinore became the hometown, you know, of uh, growth. I stayed here until I graduated high school. And um, we are sitting at Bill Fruin's house, who I'm house-sitting for. I've known Bill probably since I was five, and uh, we've become really good friends. And uh, so I've had the privilege to get Preston to come out here and show him around and uh, replicate... My experience is every time I come out here and hang out with Bill, I'm basically doing the same thing Bill does for me for Preston. So let's talk about that, man. So what was your impression? What was your preconceived notion? What was your, what was your bias or your thought process about Elsinore before you came here? Uh, well, What did I, you know? What, what was I the- knew that it was like the drug meth town of Southern California, I guess. Sure. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I heard from you and Cindy, I think. <laughs> it's definitely a, a stereotype of. And apparently there's lots of gangbangers here. Yeah, when, definitely in the 90s, like a lot of uh, city gangs and a lot of craziness and a lot of drugs for sure. And right next to my middle school, which is about, I don't know, 400 yards away from here. When I was in middle school, it was like a marketplace. or It was a marketplace that closed down, but later blew up. It was a meth lab. Oh, shit. Right next to my middle school. Of course. Irony. What better place for it? Uh, so, uh, what other fun facts did you know? Did you know there was a lake? I did not think about the fact that it was named Lake Elsinore until I was like, wait a second, I just drove by a lake. I wonder if that's why it's called Lake Elsinore. Right, right. <laughs> that wasn't this time, that was the first time I drove through at Lake Elsinore, but. Which was? I don't know, one of my ways up north, trips yeah. up north, I don't remember yeah. why. No, you know, it's funny, man. I think there's a lot of people that love the city and, or hate the city, and a lot of people leave the city. But I think it's the same rhetoric you hear from any other person that grew up in a town. Right. It's, it's all the same stuff. It's just, you know, the bottom line is you are who you hang out with. Yeah, so Brandon grew up here, you know, looking at the stars. Someday I'm going to make it big in San Diego. That's I'm sorry, right. in Escondido, the big, <laughs> the big city. The big coconut. Yeah, no, it's funny, man. I'm a very sentimental person, and so, little fun fact, I'll go back. So, my mom got married in 2000, so I was a sophomore in high school, 15 years old when she got married, remarried, 
my stepdad was working in Brea, so he moved in with us here. And then my junior year, he got a job in Mira Mesa. Or, and so they bought a house in Escondido close to Palomar, Mount, about Palomar College. Okay. Because they knew I wasn't going to go to a four-year. <laughs> well, I didn't have the money, and yeah, I didn't know what the fuck to do with my life. But I knew I was going to go to junior college, right? So he bought a house in Emerald Heights, but they bought and moved before I graduated high school. And rest that I would go move to Escondido and graduate at another high school. I'm like, fuck no. No way. And um, the day, actually, it's a good story. I remember coming home from school or whatever, practice or whatever. And my mom's like, we're going to be moving to Escondido. You're like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah. That's what? And my <laughs> Uncle Blair was, my old neighbors moved a few blocks over, you know, a few uh, housing tracks over. And he was putting up Christmas lights over there. So I went over there pissed off. I was like, fuck this, this is ridiculous. I was so mad. And I like yelled at my uncle and my old uh, neighbors. I was just so furious at like the world. <laughs> Ultimately what happened is I lived with my old neighbors t- until I graduated college, high school. Oh shit. So they moved to Escondido and I was ba- out here by myself my senior year of high school. That sounds amazing. It was pretty cool, man. That was nice of your neighbors. Yeah, I know, it was really cool. Um, we definitely had good experiences. Awkward at times, but um, yeah. I kept myself. I didn't want to. I don't like to impede. I don't want to be a liability, right? So I, right. I went and bought my own food, and I tried to. I did my own thing a lot, like a roommate. Like I just stuck to myself a lot, but they always tried to get me out of my shell. Uh-huh. Or I stayed at Tracy's house, my friend Tracy, or my other friend Danielle. Stayed there a lot. Girls, yeah. I've always been friends with girls too, man. Yeah, but their parents let you stay at their house. Yeah, I don't know. Parents love me more than the oh, actual... you're not threatening. Yeah, I'm That's totally right. not threatening. You're not going to impregnate their teenage daughter. Yeah, like, I'm not gay, but, like, I'm, like, the gay... You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I get along with everyone. Like, parents always love me. Parents always love me. Because I'm real with them. I'm real with everyone. I'm, 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 I don't know how to not be real or be straight. Straight? <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, straight talk with them. Like, straight talk with them, you know? And so I was able to have a good year and a half or whatever it was uh, out here. And um, ever since I left, I kept coming back to see those parents or see Bill. And ultimately, what are we, 19 years later. Here you are in Lake Elsinore. Here I am now. And me and Bill have become really close and are really close. And he's a great guy. And uh, so here we're we are. one step closer to getting him on the podcast. We're doing it in his house. Yeah, no, like seriously. That's this one is... step closer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's across the country, but still. Right. He's currently in Florida, but when he comes back, I think he, we could get him on here. He's a very smart guy. He's been through a lot in life and he has great stories or great opinions, but we will get him on here. So Bill has definitely been a huge influence in my life, definitely in the last Definitely the last decade, but I've known, like I said, I've known Bill since I was like five, so. That's crazy. I know, it's nuts. 30 years, 31 years? Yeah, like it's nuts. Or actually pretty much 36, right? Yeah. Since you're, or 32, I mean. Or thir- yeah, I was going to say. I went from 31 to 36. No, like, how old am I? Yeah, you're very old. <laughs> you're 40 now, man. <laughs> I've learned a lot, because it's a really a blue collar city. Yeah. A lot of blue collar, a lot sure. of people work. Outside of the town, commute everywhere. So we a lot of a lot of no trespassing signs on fences with big noisy dogs in them. What would you say? What, yeah, what would you take? So, so last night we went to CJ's Bar and Grill, which is at the uh, casino, which I had not been to the casino for like at least decade or fifteen years until it, Bill took me 
prior to that, I only went to the casino pulling my dad out of the casino because mm. of his gambling addiction. So that place is never a good, like, youthful uh, experience. But love it now. Great food, yeah? Oh, yeah. So it was packed. I was shocked. The place was completely full. I mean, it was a very small casino. One big room. Right. But, uh, I mean, not even that big. But every seat pretty much was taken. They're having a poker tournament, I guess. Yeah. Poker tournament, I guess. It's really just a card casino. Card right? Yeah, yeah. I saw blackjack, I saw poker and hold them, like the whole the normal table kind of hold them, where you're just playing against the dealer, basically. Yeah. It was, the food was good. We got rolled tacos. Yeah. Good shit. And you had a... They're clearly homemade. They weren't like bought from the frozen food section of the grocery store and microwaved. They were like homemade, deep fried taco roll, rolled tacos. It was really good. With lettuce, tomato, sour cream, sour guacamole. Cream, yeah. And it was like, it was supposed to be an appetizer, but it was a full meal for me. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. I, I went there with the intention of just drinking and having a side salad, but Preston saw, said real tacos, waitress said they're good, and I was like, I'll take one too. But yeah, so we started off the night there, had a you know, drink, and then uh, and then we went to Pins and Pockets. It Very was dead. Briefly. Yeah, it was dead. Yeah. So I, I didn't like the vibe of the bar there as much. Right. Because it's more of a family fun center. Kids, yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. I don't need to be around kids. Right. Why is that? I'm not kid friendly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we ended up going to the Rec, which is bars I think been in Lake Elsinore since like the turn of the century. W-R-E-C-K, not R-E-C. Good point. And where... <laughs> yeah, talk us through the... It was weird. So we sat down at the bar and... I was going to order a vodka drink. He was going to order a, whis- a, whiskey a whiskey drink. drink. <laughs> and this Hispanic guy... And then we were going to piss the night away. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was kind of intense. And so, but this Hispanic guy next to me started talking, like, talking me up. But I could really under, under, understand like maybe one out of five words. Yeah, he definitely did not speak English as very well. And, uh, but he super was very friendly. friendly. Yeah, he was very nice and friendly. So friendly, in fact, that he bought us our drinks. Yeah. And then he said goodbye when we were playing pool and he left. It was... So I didn't know what the etiquette here is, right? I mean, he was probably 20 years older than us, maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know why he bought us drinks, but I was like, Preston, we got a drink. I put my money away back in my pocket. Yeah, and Brendan was like, what do we do? Do we need to talk to him now? I was like, we can't talk to him. He doesn't speak English. What's the etiquette So here? we just go went and played pool. And then he came by and he said... Bye when he's leaving, um, and he made sure that Brennan saw. I think he had a man crush on Brennan for some reason. So I mean, is this the he thing? like he was like waving, and then I said, "All right, bye," and then he was like indicating that he wanted you to turn around. Is that what happened? Yeah, okay. he he did not leave until I got you to turn around, so he could say. And I wouldn't shook his hand and said thanks. Yeah, so I mean, I think that he definitely didn't seem upset when he left. He was very happy, and who knows why he bought us drinks? Maybe but, well, maybe he was cool. like, "Those gringos look like they need to get drunk." Well, yeah, they were. We just look like a gay couple. Yeah, he's like, damn, that guy got that guy? He needs a drink. <laughs> he, does, he deserves a drink. <laughs> and so, but the, how much, you know what the, what the bill was? Uh, it was like $10. Yeah. Fucking cheap. I love that yeah, bar yeah. at Lake Elsinore. Yeah, it was like, great. That's awesome. That was, James, that was a shot of Jameson and uh, what did you get? A vodka Sprite or something Vodka like Sprite, yeah. Yep, yep. That's why he thought you were gay. <laughs> well, he was trying to get us to drink tequila. To drink tequila, yeah. Tequila, what do you call it? 
Cordona? No. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember the name, but it was some brand of tequila. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and then I was like, I get the vodka drink. And he's like, ah, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Good stuff. I was like, ah, so, ah okay. So then we uh, played pool. One game of pool. Had to go snatch some of the laundry money out of my car. And I handily defeated Brennan. Bullshit. <laughs> Preston started off in the lead by just sinking every ball every turn. I think he did four turns in a row. And then you just slot, you just were not, you lost your mojo. I lost my mojo. You lost your mojo. I came back two balls to one or something. Yeah. And uh, I lost. But good game though. It was competitive. And I felt like almost a comeback kid. Yeah. Brennan, we basically got down to, Brennan had one left, I think, when I sank the eight ball. Yeah. Yeah, so it was pretty close. Yeah, it was good. So, that was cool. So, we, no, no cost there besides your laundry money of a dollar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, I think I dropped 50 bucks at CJ's. Right? Yeah, for food and drinks. Yeah. And tip. And then, we ended up going from there. We went to the classic Fruin favorite of Lake Elsinore, which is O'Hara's Dive Bar, which is off a of Grand. That's a dive. And, uh, it sounds like the name of a Irish bar, but it was definitely not. Yeah. And it was great because we got there. And it's the liveliest I've ever seen it ever. They had a live band playing and they were like, what did you say? Ska. It was like sublimey. Yeah, sublimey. Ska slash reggae. Yeah, exactly. I think, and this is my take, it was very busy. Obviously, with COVID, me and Preston are both vaccinated, halfway vaccinated. But I'm watching Preston's demeanor because... You were in the 951 where people were black, they look tough. They, they, just, they just have a different toughness about them. They, and I'm wearing bright blue shorts, I'm wearing sandals and a... And, and uh, so I'm watching Preston like going, oh, he doesn't like it. He's not into it. And then uh, I'm not, I think you warmed, it. You warmed up to no, it. No, I enjoyed it. I just, I didn't particularly love the band, but they were good. It just wasn't my kind of music. Or yeah, people? It was interesting. Uh, some of the girls were hot, but they weren't really my type. But yeah, it was a very fun night. I definitely enjoyed people watching. There was a lot of interesting characters. There was one guy that had a t-shirt that had a picture of a bullet and it said, just the tip, I promise. And every time he walked past, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and the big dude too. He looked, yeah, like, yeah. he looked intense. He looked like very... He looked like a guy who had a submachine gun or he had an assault rifle, I mean. Yeah. Well, that's what I, like, I mean. I mean, there is a different type of person in these areas. Like, they're just dressed differently. They're harder. They're, they're just not... Yeah. They're not happy-go-lucky. I was telling Brandon that it it reminded me of Riverton, like Lakeside, or Lake Elsinore reminds me of Riverton, which is growing up was like the more rural, definitely rednecky part of where I of the south southern part of Salt Lake, which is where you grew up. Or yeah, it's the city south of, of what I grew up. So I grew up in South Jordan, Utah, which is about twenty miles south of downtown Salt Lake. It's still considered Salt Lake, but it's you know it's an incorporated town on right. the outskirts. Right. I don't know how that, how all that shit works. Got it. But you know, it's just that, yeah, so it was funny, man. So I'm just watching Preston assess the situation, facial expression. I think I know Preston pretty well and like his demeanor and his like sense about him. So I get us some beers and then we're standing there and just people watching. And you get, picked up, you got that chair. I was good. Because it was, what would you say? The topic was the place. Um, I mean... 20 it was by small. Yeah, it was... 20 by 50? Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah. So and then there's standing room only. And part of it was taken up by the bar. Right. And then you had you got a chair. Then we swooped up on a table. We had wait two drinks there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were there for an hour. Was it only really that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Getting tired. You got you got tired and. Uh, but yeah, we were people watching. And I got sick of listening to Sublime. Basically, <laughs> it was basically Sublime. <laughs> right. um, yeah, but they're good. But like I said, not my thing. Right. So. I like coming back here. It's a reminder of a, well, it's a cheaper area. Yeah, it's true. You have areas like it's unincorporated and incorporated. You have these, Lake Elsinore is a very old town. I think, you know, early developments in the late 1800s. You said it was a railroad town, right? Yeah. Like the, the train came through. Correct. So it's like a train station here? So like or? the Chimes was the bathhouse slash whatever for the, whatever, the travelers. Yeah, that just that's my, the history I know of it, and so you have a lot of houses built in nineteen hundreds to the nineteen fifties, and then now there's a lot of new development as happens. Correct. Yeah. So that was my night introduction to Lake Elsinore, and then this morning we went on a bike ride around the lake that the city's named for. That's right. Guess what it's called? It's called Lake Elsinore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I brought my road bike up and we rode 19 miles around the lake. It was pretty. It was quite pleasant temperature-wise. There was a lot of ghetto-ass houses. I was surprised at how big the yards around the lake were. They all went straight down to the water. I guess that makes sense, but they were very narrow. It was like 70-foot wide lots that were, I don't know, like a thousand feet long. <laughs> it was yeah, really so the weird. the depth is, yeah. Yeah, right. it was crazy, like <laughs> super skinny rectangles that went all the way to the lake. It was really weird. But there was no trespassing signs everywhere and lots of graffiti. And I was like, wow, I've never seen such a shitty rundown lakeside property area. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But that's also a good time to buy. Yeah, it's on the up and up. They're definitely trying to uh, gentrify this place for sure. Yeah, we definitely see it. Yeah. And it's, it's not that far from like North County, San Diego. So how much well, farther is it? Like 20 minutes further than Temecula? Yeah. Like, so. we're Lake Elsinore's, man. You're like equal distance to downtown LA and equal distance to downtown San Diego. Yeah, it seems like a good spot. Like, it's centrally located, so it's off the 15 and we're about... And the 74 is nearby. Yeah, 50, yeah, the 74 is in town. Yeah. 74 takes you... East to the desert or west. Would like Palm Desert? Yeah. Which is a very popular place. Maybe I should buy property here. It's a very uh, popular place for the gays. Oh, yeah. Huge. Apparently, there's wild parties there in the summer. Is there? (laughs) Yeah. Pre-COVID. There you go. Well, that's going to be over soon. And then directly in Lake Elsie, you take the 74 West and you take over the Ortegas directly Mm. into Capistrano. You're right. Lake Elsinore is the place. I Maybe mean, I should buy some property up here. I really think so. I would. I think it's a great investment. And actually, we saw a buddy of mine who I've loved forever, and he said he just bought and sold places. And interesting. I mean, new job, pro- new money prospects. Yes. You know, the one of the things the rich say is you got to have multiple streams of income. So if one dries up, you're good. But that's something I'm just like. Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. But well, we need to start our own business, man. I don't want to start my own business. So that's a no. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, it is equally located between, you know, you know, and you take the 15 north, 15 miles, you in Corona, and then in Corona, you have the 91, which takes you into Orange County. And Corona could use the visitors because ever since COVID, you know, Probably. people avoided it. Some PR there. Some yeah. PR. <laughs> Poorly named city. Yeah, you know, we're 40 miles away from like Newport Beach. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 
You are pretty centrally located here. Interesting. But it is hot. Yeah. It is in the valley. Look at the, 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 we're at the bottom. Like Lake Elsinore is the hole. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and what happened? Lake Elsinore is the butthole of Southern California. Yeah. Some will say. And then because of the hill, you don't get the coastal breeze. Right. What was it? I think from like the Ortega is like at the base of Ortega is to the ocean. It's only like 22 miles. But the temperature is incredibly different, right? Yeah, because you get the hill. Mm, yeah. So you don't have the you know the flow the airflow. Now in Temecula, there's a gap in it, and then obviously going north, you go through Anaheim Hills and so on and so forth. I mean, Temecula is like it's hot as balls, though. So. <clears throat> yeah, but this is hotter. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. A no. little bit, like maybe four or five degrees. You know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, anyways, I you know I have a really special place in like for like Elsinore because, you know, my dad and not my grandma lived here. You know, my fam, my existence and my youth and family origins all originate here. Right. You know what I mean? That and the frozen cold north of uh, Europe. That's right. Well, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it is actually centrally located, but it is definitely a commuter town. Yeah. People definitely drive to Orange County, L.A., San Diego from here. People, children grow up and move away from here as fast as they can possibly can. Yeah. Well, I think when we moved here in, like, 87... There's like 7,000, 6,000 people. And now what do we see on the sign? 62,000, 62, yeah. So, a lot of growth. Now, the early 2000s, like Temecula Valley, right? So, from here to Temecula. When we first moved here, Temecula wasn't even called Temecula. It was called Rancho California. Mm-hmm. And the 15 freeway was non-existent. It was like a two-lane road. Like, a, like just a long road. And then anyone... So... A lot of growth, but basically early 2000s is the growth of this area. Mm-hmm. This whole valley grew during the whole housing boom of the 2000s. Right. Fastest growing place in the, in the country. And they just track home, track developments everywhere. That's why Myriad and Temecula are just flat landscapes of track homes. Yep. And Melaroos everywhere. What? Are, what? Melaroos. Developer. It's a developer fee on the front end oh, okay. for like 20 years and you have to pay additional fees. So anyways, so Lake Elsinore, unlike Myriad and Temecula, is very unique, very eclectic, eclectic. Yeah. So on the bike ride, what were the highlights of the bike ride for you? Some old guy was like, you're riding on the wrong side of the road. That side's the right, right, right side. And then I like belatedly was like, thanks, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really, I was just like, I thought I had to sit there and think for a second, like, wait, what the fuck? That old guy just told me what to do. Fuck off. I'm an American. You don't tell me what to do. So that annoyed me. But we did cross the road because they were right. <laughs> <laughs> now, in Lake Elsinore, on the back, uh, on the, I guess you could say, the south side of the lake, they do skydiving. Mm-hmm. And we saw some of that. Right? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, there was a bunch of skydivers out today. I think when I first noticed them, there was like six or seven out all would, at once. Would you ever do that? I don't know. Probably. It sounds fun. I think it's a great idea, but I would say it's a hard no for me. Yeah. Fear. Right. Brendan doesn't want to die. It's weird. I don't want to live. I don't want to die. Like, I know. It's, it's going to tra- suck. We got to pick a lane, man. Yeah, it's really funny, man. Like, uh, what's the joke? Why would you ever jump out of a uh, good flying plane? Oh, yeah. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, perfectly fine plane. You know? Oh, my stepdad told me a good joke about Lake Elsinore. Because a lot of jokes. Do you know how Lake Elsinore was founded? All of the founding members peed into the center of the, into the dark, deepest part of the... <laughs> no, I don't know how. So... A white guy was just roaming the desert and runs upon this lake. And there's this Hispanic guy 
And he's like, hi, where am I? And the Hispanic guy's, you're in hell, senor. Like, hell, senor. <laughs> That's pretty damn good. Hell, senor. That's funny. Hell, senor. <laughs> you're in hell, senor. Oh. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah. Not a good image. People, but, you know, like I said, we saw one of my buddies in high school, no, middle school, known for years. The people that did stay here and invested in here did well. Right. Because like they bought a house when they're twenty years old for one hundred and twenty grand, and now the house is worth five hundred thousand, and right. you know they just have low overhead and have five kids and have a wife and probably a career and assets. But yeah, you sound like you. But, have a, you what just, is that? You uh, have a hint of FOMO in your voice as you, little, yeah. as you list all those things. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean it's smart, man. Like I mean, one of my buddies, smart kid. Went to UC Irvine, moved there for a year, then dropped out, moved back here with his dad, who had capital, mm-hmm. got into real estate, buying real estate, and then he bought, sold real estate, then he started a management company, so he has rental properties, plus buying real, real estate and selling real estate. So he has his own little, like, empire here. That's awesome, but that sounds like he probably, he, well. he probably has to deal with a lot of dumbasses that destroy his property, though. But he's a bullshitter. He's a great sales bullshitter, yeah. liar. Yeah. He could sell timeshares any day of the week. Nice. He's that guy. Got it. Okay. Good for him, I guess. Me and everyone, everyone. Everyone needs to find their niche. Right. And I still I'm haven't not, determined. Is it niche or niche? I think it's either, right? I always say niche. Because I've heard niche, but... But niche is always... Niche is so fancy sounding. That's that's for people that grew up in... Uh, I don't know. What's, what's the next town over from like Elsinore that's fancier? Fancier? Yeah. Temecula? That's Temecula talk. Right. But yeah, man, we killed it today. 19.3 miles. Niche. Niche. Is it pronounced niche or niche? Both of which are considered correct. Boom, there you go. So, yeah, either way. All right. According to, I don't even know what website that was. I just, like, saw the first answer I found on Google, and that was my research process. That's right. Hey. It's gotten me through life so far. Well, you're in Lake Elsinore, so how good are you doing? Mm. Touche. Maybe I should scroll down a little further to find a reputable source when I Google things. Right. All right, Brandon. So you've got a few weeks in Lake Elsinore ahead of you. So are you going to find your niche finally? Your niche? Well, I'm going to do podcasts from here. We're gonna, I'm going to be a bike rider on a regular, I think. And then he has weights, man. So I'm going to get in shape. There you go. So we were talking about people that stayed here made it big because they invested. Yeah, because it's a growing pop. You know, it's close enough to major cities that it's becoming a population center, basically. Correct. And especially as those areas grow in popularity. Right. So yeah, I mean, I think it's. I'm not saying I would have done it. I think what I did was cool. I mean, I enjoyed my my journey to San Diego and Escondido and Fullerton, Oceanside. You know, something from college to post college, but you know, those that did. Are homeowners and uh, have probably done quite well, <clears throat> but it is very, you know, I, when we went out last night, I'm always wondering if I'm gonna know someone, and but realistically, I left here 20 years ago, you know, so it's whatever 19 years ago, mm-hmm. so the population's changed a lot, and I don't really know anyone, you know, except for that one guy we ran into, to the, this morning, this morning, yeah. Oh, you mean last night we ran <clears throat> into anybody, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I like, it's the only place I really felt connected, had friends, 
And then, like, obviously through high school, and I, you know, a lot of my classmates from elementary school to high school are all the same. So there is a level of, like, you know, that's cool. You know, I've lived in, what, Escondido now, nine years. Yeah. And I have many friends there. You don't have any elementary or middle school friends there? Yeah, I know. It's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that maybe your, um, uh, what is it, where you look back on old times fondly? Yes. You're doing that with your hometown? Yeah, of course. Because don't, don't remember, there were lots of shitty times, right? Oh, yeah, a lot of shitty times. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, it, but I do have... I, you know what? It's just so common. Sentimentalizing, is that the word? I don't know. That sounds good to me. I mean, I'm definitely sentimental. But I definitely... Most people will condemn their hometown and just go, it's stupid. And, but I've grown to like, no, don't do that. This is just another town where, you know, people are living. Yeah, it's not the town's fault. It's the people. People everywhere are stupid. So there you go. Well, it goes back to human nature. Right. Is it better to bitch or is it better to compliment? Or neither. I'm not well, what do people how about this? Better said. No, it's better to do neither. I get that. But what do most people do? Bitch. That's right. Bitching's more satisfying. That's right. Especially when you find someone that agrees with you, because then you can like have this commiserating bitch fest together and it's such a bonding experience. Kind of like psychedelics that like Paul and I bonded with, but you can also bond with people over bitching about stuff that yeah. annoys you. It's the opiate of the masses. Yeah, man. After so, religion. I give it kudos. Like, my brothers hate it, but they also hung out with the wrong people, did the dumb shit, and, uh, you know, whatever. But I had the best of both worlds. You hung out with again. the wrong people but had a lot of fun, or you hung, had a lot of fun? I hung out with a variety of people. I was such a social butterfly, but I was never too in deep in anything. Yeah. I was never extreme. You're on the outskirts of every group? Yeah, there you go. That's how I am. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely respect it. But I don't have anyone here, really. When I come here, I just see Bill now. I don't go see, like, Danielle and Tracy's parents anymore. I don't reach out to people to hang out, like, but... Why not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't. Just don't, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Time moves on, people grow apart. They get married and have ugly children. They're always trying to show you pictures of them. But I think you're right. I, I also am trying to think of... No comment. I'm, I'm like, I don't, Just move right uh, past that. <laughs> well, that's why I don't have kids. I don't want to have the chance of a ugly one. Right. High chance. <laughs> High chance, folks. <laughs> and apparently you need a woman for kids. Oh, yeah. That's an important part. I hear, I hear there's some uh, fundamentals there in that one. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, it was fun for me to introduce you to Lake Elsinore. Yeah. And um, show me your origins, your roots. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get it. Now I understand why Brennan. Do you though? Can you tell me more? Because I'm still trying to understand. So, <laughs> so what, what, yeah, what, do you see, how about this? Do you see any characteristics of who I am amongst what you've seen here, uh, seen in Lake Elsinore? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen it, but you've apparently been in fights and kicked people's asses before. And so now, like, having spent not even 24 hours here, I feel like I know this place <laughs> very well. Well, it's so funny, too. And, uh, I, yeah, you, this is the kind of place that produces ass kickers, you know? There you go. That's a good way to put it. It produces a lot of posers, and then it produces the people that are real who have to become ass kickers in order to deal with the posers, right? Right. And again, right, I'm pretty small. Right. But I'm strong. Right. You know, whatever. So. He's stout. Yeah, I'm stout. There you go. Like, a, like yeah. an oak tree. Unlike my brothers, where they're taller than me and just yeah. wider. Um, but, um, so his brothers are like the Nike, the Viking, like berserkers and Brennan's like an actual dwarf, <laughs> like an, an actual dwarf from mythology, like Gimli from Gimli, Lord of the Rings. Right. 
Gimli was like, badass. If you gave, if you, yeah, seriously. If you gave Brennan a beard, a horned helm and a, a double-bladed axe, oh yeah, dude. And I know I could fucking grow that beard for sure. Oh yeah, he I had could it. naturally grow that beard. Oh yeah, for sure. No problem. Uh, and the eyes are fucked up too, so it's perfect. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's a good way to put it. Like you do have to, you do, you learn to be tough being the youngest of three brothers, right? But also the the, the people in which you see. But it was ironic though, because today we're uh, riding along the lake at the city for, uh, the city park, and uh, this big buff guy gets out of his gets out of his car and Brennan and. And I'm no gay for 20 years, whatever it's been. But what did he say about me? He said, Brennan's always been the nicest guy ever. <laughs> so, I almost said, yeah, to his detriment, but I didn't. I, I controlled myself. It's fucking true. <laughs> 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 to my detriment. And, I, and unfortunately, I, I always want to be the nice guy. I want to be the martyr. We talked about this today, too. Right. But I, I, I think in my 36 years, going to be 37 in the next few weeks, I think I'm learning to be an asshole more, or be more blunt. Or be more direct, or not be as a pushover. Why don't we re? Why don't we rebrand that from being an asshole to no, not asshole. caring what other people think? Uh, no, I don't think it's actually what other people think. I'm just a yes guy. It's what other people might think. Like, no, I, I so think, for me, it's, see, I don't think I'm scared. I don't think I'm scared of the perception of what people think. You just, I just like to help people. No. I just like to do things. Like, yeah, I'll, yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, like, which is fine. But I, the problem comes when you at some point expect some kind of recompense for it. But you know what? what? When you offer help freely, yeah. people don't feel like they owe you, except True. for you, because that's your mindset. But that's a mindset you're putting on everyone around you. So when you help everybody freely and they never pay you back because you're helping them freely and therefore obviously not expecting payment, except that you are, but in their minds you're not accepting pay expecting payment because you're helping them freely. Am I expecting payment? Yeah. In what regard? Like People are never do the same. For, I help people all the time. No one ever helps me. But do you see? I don't know if that, I'm that was a, that was a Brendan quote, by the way, for people that didn't realize. But, but. yeah, but what I, I think thing though, I don't go. I don't think I go into it with intent of getting like getting paid. No, you don't go into intent with it. But subconsciously, you keep an accounting of it. And when eventually you notice, wow, there's a lot of tally marks on my side of the paper, and there's none on theirs. They're assholes. What the hell? Why doesn't anyone ever do anything for me? I help people all the time. Why don't people help me? I mean, I'm not. Yeah, no, I get I'm you. Not, but uh, I think that's what I've done in this, to this, my hippie phase right now, of like building, building my, uh, building my game plan of like, wait a second. Like I'm doing an assessment. Yeah, I'm doing an assessment going, wait a second. And that's where I'm, so because of the tally, so I'm doing it now. In the moment to help me myself become stronger. That's a weird way to put it. To help yourself become stronger at saying no. To say no and yeah. then wait a second. Wait, this is a one-sided fucking relationship. Yeah. Like, so yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think I, I'm using that. So yes, I don't know if I do things with the payment and or tallying things. I'm doing it in my evaluation of today's thought process of like, wait a second. Hold the phone. Hold I've been the... getting fleeced all these years. <laughs> I'm a little late on the uptake. Yeah. I just realized, I just now realized 37 years later right. that when you give people stuff for free without any expectations of anything in return, they take advantage of you. What the fuck? Why didn't anyone ever tell me this? Seriously though, and it's like, you know, it's like, so it's like, I, 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 in my assessment, I've learned, and we talked about it in the last podcast, I believe, being liked, which I'm liked. People like me, mm -hmm. but do they respect me? 
And that's why I go, nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> you give it away too easily. Well, it's funny. We were just on the phone with people. People don't respect prostitutes. Right, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for the they analogy. Because they give it away too easily. Thanks for the analogy. Uh, but, like, it's funny because, like, you know, whether it's personal or professional, but, like, you were just on the phone with Eric's wife, Nicole, who looks... That was an adventure. And, but, you know, people love you, Preston, you know, and, like, professionally, they respect they you. They love me because I was useful to them. Right. Right. I let slip too much, but I'm good. I think it's funny. I'm, I'm curious... To imagine the reaction from... But people respect you professionally based on your skill sets. I suppose so. That's what I'm getting at. I guess they so. They probably fucking don't like you, though. I, I always have imposter syndrome, though. But yeah. They, don't, they probably don't like me, now. <laughs> they just like what I can do for them. Yeah. That's fine. I don't like them either, so... <laughs> so I'm liked and you're respected. Combined, we're... <laughs> Combined, we're a power couple. <laughs> but yeah, so... That's in my evaluation of my 37 years and where I'm at in life and... Who's my friends and who's not my friends? Who's a true friend? Who actually endorses me? Who, you know, and that's where my evaluation has been very interesting. You know, I, that's why we're at Bill's house. Bill is, you know, I said this about my uncle and I say this about Bill. People that I like, and we've alluded to this before, is that when they treat me like an equal. Right. They talk to you the same as they would the peer and they treat you like a peer right. in all spectrums. And what I've learned is people have their professional life and they have their personal life. And I like people that are universal with me in all aspects of life. Do you think that's very prudent though? I mean, it's pretty wise to keep your personal life separate from your business life. I mean, I know that as yeah. people get more comfortable with their colleagues, that goes away, but I've I'm still usually pretty cautious about that. Oh, I think it is good. I think the less is probably better. Uh-huh. But what I'm getting at is, professionally... You mean like the way they behave toward... Like the way that they interact with their friends or peers is different in a professional setting versus like a social setting? Is that what you mean? Yeah, because a lot of people like... The people we both know mutually, they go into social setting or situations with a net... You know, with purpose, a professional purpose. PR bullshitting uh, with intent. Right. Some kind of end goal they want to come out of it. Mm-hmm. The reason they're going through the effort. Which is what you decide with like Nicole. Like Nicole on the phone with you. She's just like, what are you doing now? What are you doing? They love you. They love you. They love you. They love What are you doing now? Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you, oh. you need to come back? They want <laughs> She didn't say that. Well, her husband. No, she didn't say you're going to come back. She just well, like. She was. Uh, she was fine. She was digging, huh? She was digging. Information. Okay, whatever. Yeah, it's funny. No, I'll. Let me head this off out of the past. I will never go work for again. Anyways, so yeah, liked versus respected. Who endorses you at a private, uh, personal level and a professional level? You know, and trying. If you could check off all the boxes, it's pretty awesome. I think with most of my relationships, I could check off like two boxes out of ten. Wait, what are the ten boxes? I'm just saying how people respect you and are you, are you oh. respected or endorsed. Oh, like they respect you as a friend, they respect you as a, in a professional setting, they respect you as a caretaker, they respect, so on and so forth, that right. kind of thing? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I never thought about it like that. Interesting. I have. This is where my evaluation's been very in-depth, comprehensive. So you're intimately familiar with paralysis by, by analysis. analysis, of course. But yeah, so I think it's interesting, man. Uh, but yeah, I would say like also, I, I met a lot of people here that uh, hardworking people, like Danielle, who I grew up with, her dad was the most hardworking badass guy ever. Mm-hmm. And like... Did it pay off? 
Well, I think he's retired. I mean, yeah, construction guy, but he's, you know. So I, I've seen a lot of these characters in my life, hardworking bills. Where hard, work, where hard work pays off, you mean? Yeah. So it's like worth being a hard worker. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, it's a good value set as a person, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't just sit in front of TV and just, you know, do something. Just right. Make use of your time. Good time management skills. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. I don't think so, actually. <laughs> I think you're not that bad. Okay. <laughs> but Thanks. But, you know, this... Okay, well, in that case, phew. Yeah. No, I've learned a lot of skills, a lot of things from Lake Elsinore residents or friends, and I think it is smart to go to a city and buy a house and raise a kid and, you know, and raise kids and do that whole thing. Because, you know, it's not Orange County where you're house poor. Mm, right. So... Is that what it's called? House poor? Yeah, when you have a... Let's say you buy a house and your mortgage is 80% of your income. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, just yeah. The, you know, but you live in... But you live in Orange Costa County. Costa Mesa, or you live mm. in La Jolla. It's like, oh, that's great. You live in La Jolla. You got the zip code. Yeah. But you can't utilize because you can't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just strategy. Yeah. Different strategies. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. True. Anyways. So I learned a lot. I like Lake Elsinore. Don't know if I ever come back to Lake Elsinore to live. No. I, I'm at 37 years old. I will just follow the job. Mm. And I'm not a not huge fan. Not a lot of, of job prospects for blue, white collar workers out here, I imagine. Right. And then I'm not a fan of commuting, so I'll do yeah. my best to be local. Right, of course. I mean, you got an awesome pad right now. You should definitely try to keep, keep it if at all possible. Oh, yeah. That's my game plan. Yeah. I'm not going to leave that place until they... Drag out your cold dead body. <laughs> Will you do it for me? <laughs> no. If I call you, like, hey, Brun's dead. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that anymore. All right. Fuck, I need a new, co- I need a new co-host. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just the podcast off. But anyways, what have you learned from anyone from your hometown? What mm-hmm. not to do? Don't be Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, what did I learn from my hometown? So my hometown, I was born in... I was born in northern Utah, in like a small town in northern Utah. I was raised, they moved around a little bit after, right after I was born, like in the year after I was born, out of state, but I don't remember any of that. But, uh, which state? Like Idaho, I think, actually. Okay. Just north. Yeah, like not, not too far. But um, when I was preschool age to kindergarten, I, was, I lived in Sandy, which is a town on the other side of the valley from the... So, sorry, we moved to Sandy... I lived there until I was like five or six, and then we moved to South Jordan. So the Salt Lake Valley is basically like a valley, a very long, stretched out, flat area between two mountain ranges. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I guess it's a valley, but it's not a valley of like the same mountain range. It's a valley between two mountain ranges, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, it's very long. It's like 30 or 40 miles long. And um, it on the east side of it is Sandy and that's where the rich people live and on the west side of it is like South Jordan, West Jordan, uh, Merberton, Harriman. Those were like the more rural towns. So that was like blue collar Salt Lake and then Sandy was more like where the white collar people, richer people live. Got it. So anyway, we grew so we lived there in South Jordan from when I was five or six to when I was 18 or 19 possibly. Okay. So kind of same like time frame as me in Lake Elsinore. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I went to one. Uh, I went to two elementary schools actually. Um, my parents and I did not like year-round, which was a new thing. Um, and so we tried. Yeah, so I actually went to an elementary school in Riverton for one year because it did not have year-round. But so I went from year-round to traditional. So I had like two months of of summer mm-hmm. or something like that. 
And then I went back to my other school because the year I moved was the last year that they did traditional summer and didn't, and then they switched to year round the next year. Oh, so I, I moved back to my other school. Sure. Two months of traditional summer plus, you know, so it was kind of a total waste of time. I met a friend there named Tyler. He was like a little nerdy gamer kid. Apparently nobody in my class, he wasn't popular. I don't know. I always made friends with people that weren't popular, I guess, like when I was in elementary school. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, he was my best friend for like a year and I don't really know what happened to him. It was just that. Was like, <laughs> so he dropped off. It was a, yeah, it was a third grade uh, bromance, I guess. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, he was, he was cool. We'd have sleepovers all the time. We, he was surprised that I had never seen Aliens. Oh, good movie. And he asked his mom, like, why hasn't, why he, won't his mom let him watch Alien? And she was like, because she loves him. And I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> I, 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 I just read into that, like, I know that's not what she meant, but it sounded like she was saying that she did not love her child, but my mom did. <laughs> that made me laugh. I obviously kept that to myself, but. Yeah, so, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Right. Uh, so anyway, I went to the middle school that was like, I don't know, a mile from my house. And then I went to the high school that was like two miles from my house. That's very convenient. Because I think, like I showed you, so my elementary school was, I don't know, five miles. And my Damn. middle school was probably, I don't know, a quarter mile. What is that? You know? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, we yeah. rode past it. It was really fa really close. Yeah. But five miles to elementary, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to walk Yeah, it's that. up Grand. So the peak of Grand, where we went down the hill, my width was right there. Oh, okay. Where cool. we stopped and had the break by the park. Oh, okay, cool. That's where my elementary school was. So maybe that's not five. What is that? Mm, From my I'm house to... distance. Let's just, let's go two and a half. Two and a half miles, yeah. That's still far for a little elementary school kid to walk every day. Yeah, we, yeah, didn't walk. Rode the bus? Yeah. Rode the bus. We got rides, but, uh, yeah, it shapes so, you. So what did my, what did my upbringing teach me so I had um, probably the best gift I ever got in my life was when I was I don't know six or seven or eight my my aunt who always spoiled us kids and always spoiled me especially as the youngest I was the acute one <laughs> you know you know how it is <laughs> if you were the youngest if you're the oldest sorry y'all got fucked anyway uh, my aunt <laughs> so my aunt bought me a mountain bike a little giant a red giant mountain bike um, and so I rode that thing everywhere. Like I rode that to my friends' houses. I rode it. I had friends in when I when I went to my elementary school. I had friends that lived in Riverton. Like basically, as far as I lived from the school, they lived that far in the opposite direction. Oh, I see. So they were like we were like on opposite boundaries of the elementary school. I think. Yeah. So anyway, so I'd like ride my bike like you know five three three four five miles to his house and Oosh. then back. See, my growing up for me, my block was my as you know. I mean that was my. We had enough kids there. Right? We didn't. Have, I didn't. Well. I did not fit in with the kids that lived on my street or in my ward. Ward is like the artificial Mormon neighborhood. It's like a way to build a sense of community. Anyway, uh, I did not fit in with the kids in my ward. But I'm surprised your parents that tried to protect you in a media sense would let you ride your bike that far. Oh, well, they wanted. They moved out to rural. You know, we. They. The reason that they bought a house with a big yard out in a rural area is they wanted their kids to, you know, they wanted to raise kids in an area that had had space, they had lots of property. Gotcha. You know, my dad is very much a an old, like old 20th century mindset, early 20th century mindset, I guess, you know, because he grew up in rural Idaho, you know, his grandparents. Was your dad a blacksmith? Both, no. <laughs> 
need some, pitch you need some blacksmithing work. That was, yeah. that was a callback to another episode. Uh, yeah, anyway. right. So my dad grew up in rural Idaho. Both his grandparents owned farms, and okay. so like he, Very you know, the dream on. was always own lots of land. You know, grow chickens. We we had chickens and eggs, like tons of eggs growing up, which I always took for granted. I never really realized how great that was till I had to start buying store bought eggs. Right. And unless you buy the really expensive ones, they're really shitty in comparison to homegrown eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, for me, like my childhood is like we. Track home. My mom worked in the grocery store. My dad was a construction guy, mm-hmm. and my uncles were construction guys. So we didn't. Ha- I didn't have. And me and Nathan talk about this today a lot because we have some skill sets when it comes to hands-on stuff. When it comes to the trades, but not in depth. Right. We know. So I guess we kind of longed for that. But I living for in a trade. Yeah, well, no. Like when you're in rural, when you're in a rural community, you have to do your own things. Right. Like you have oh, to figure like it you out. Oh, like take care of your own shit. Yeah. Yeah. We should have learned more based on the trades of my parents. Ah, uh, I see. But not really. You didn't have to do that. Your parents did it all. Yeah. Well, they also grew, They also raised us to don't go in construction. It's right. too feast or famine. Right. Don't do that. Well, so they, we're in the generation that whose parents were uh, inculcated with the idea. Is that the right word? Um, with the idea that the only answer is to send your kids to college. If you don't send your kids to college, they're not going to become successful and you will have failed as a parent. Right. And that was a dis- that was just a really stupid message. The 1980s big school sell. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, their their mindset was, "Oh yeah, I learned from everything that I don't want my son who I love and want to be successful to be a blue collar worker. They have to they have to get a degree and go do some white collar because that's where success is." So, when I talk to my brothers now, Nathan specifically, who's really hands-on now, doing a bunch of projects, if your dad was a hands-on doer guy, did you learn any of these skill sets? Yeah, my dad taught me how to change my oil in my car. See, that's we great. had a so the house we so the house we moved to was three quarters of an acre, and it was in thirds, so it was like it was a long rectangle. So like it was a one quarter of an acre wide, about by by three quarters of an acre deep. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so it was like three one-quarter acre squares yeah. in a line. That's awesome. And so the first front section was like the front yard in the house. The middle section was the backyard, and it was and it had a garden. And there was like a grapevine, and then a garden, and then a fence. And the last section was the horse pasture. Mm. My mom had a horse a couple times. Never did much with it, but they were cute. And uh, sorry, in the middle section, which had the backyard, there was also a big shop. Because the guy that we bought the house from had his own airplane, and he did... That's like, rad. Yeah, so he kept his airplane in there. Okay, um, so it was like a, the It was like a Cessna-type, like, small... Yeah, it was it was in the middle of the yard. So there was the front yard and the house. So he sold it to you. Oh, yeah. His car, he kept his stuff there and rented it out from you guys. No, sorry. He kept it there when he lived there. That was what... He had oh, that right. shop to keep his plane. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, so, no. That was our... They moved all their stuff out, but... So the reason there was a big, a giant shop, like it was almost as big as the house. Oh my gosh. Um, but obviously it wasn't, you know, separated out. But uh, it was to, to store all, all the shit. So we had all of our, you know, we had the riding lawnmower, lawnmower, all the gardening and stuff. My dad had all of his tools out there. And so, yeah, my dad did stuff himself because we were poor and didn't have money to hire a plumber or hire, an, uh, not, I don't know about an electrician, but to hire uh, whoever. You know, he, he did a lot of work on his own car. So, so in that really- shop, I learned how to change my oil. Yeah, so with that being said, were you a curious kid and were in tow with your dad and everything he was doing from a hands-on perspective? 
or were you mm. more reading the books and sticking, trying to watch The Simpsons on on the <laughs> when my parents weren't looking, <laughs> trying to find like, trying to find the cutoff? Because you wonder, right? Because this is one of my things. Like I think I think I'm a hands-on person, but I don't think that in my youth, due to my seizures and my drugged-up ways, like I was just out of it half the time, so I didn't know what the fuck I was going on. And, you, and when you get old and you do this assessment of self and life. I was always curious, but no one really taught me. My Uncle Blair, that's what the breakthrough, I would say, in middle school, high school, after my dad died, you know, Blair got really hands-on with me. Like, I started going to working with him, construction, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's like, gotcha. taught me how to fucking do stuff. Yeah, no, my... And, like, mm-hmm. di- like didn't succumb to my fears of, oh, Brennan's going to, you know, like, he treated me like a peer. Right. And tried to Instead of teach me and mentor me. Mm. Yeah, uh, I never had a mentor. You didn't follow your father's footsteps in any way in a from a trades to watching him cut wood like you didn't you didn't hang out with your dad in that capacity at a young age? I'm um, sure I did. I don't know. I mostly kept to myself in like read books and tried to hang out at my friend's house as much as possible. Um, I never really got that well got along that well with my parents after a certain age, like yeah. you know, preteen age. Yeah. So I guess so. I probably did. Like I, we would have to irrigate by hand. Like we had pipes. Oh. We'd have to move them around the yard mm-hmm. um, to irrigate the yard. And you know, it was three quarters of an acre, so it was quite a, a bit of moving pipes. So I'd help him with that sometimes. Okay, that's good. Um, like he would, you know, he'd have to wake up. Some we, it would be whenever our turn was for the week. Sometimes it was like four a.m. You know, sometimes it was you know eight p.m. at night. Got it. Um, I hate when I do that. Sorry, eight p.m. <laughs> Obviously, p.m. is at night. Anyway. Yeah. There's a podcast I listen to that always says AM in the morning. I'm just like, I know it's in the morning. <laughs> anyway. So, you know, he was out there whenever doing that. He was a very hard worker when it came to taking care of the house. Like the house was in a much better spot when we moved out than when we moved in. Got it. Like the yard was very nice. There was a chicken coop, a really nice chicken coop my dad built. And then like a little horse shed that he built. So yeah, I mean it was in a better spot. That's awesome. When we left it, yeah. And so I I learned I learned these things that I did not realize I learned until I was in my 30s. Like all the things that I learned that would be valuable lessons in life, like working hard and the value of, you know, the small pleasures and taking pleasure in doing a good job. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like I, when I was in my 20s, I just rebelled against everything. You know, I was just like, all right, I'm free of the church. I, wow, alcohol is fun. Drinking's fun. Having <laughs> sex with people is fun. Oh my God. Oh, I go crazy. Drugs, ah, weed. And so in my 20s, I like rebelled against everything. And then in my 30s, like all the things, uh, there were some things I kept. Like I actually was pretty, was pretty cl- clean. Mm-hmm. Like when I lived with Paul, especially, mm-hmm. you know, we kept, I kept the place pretty clean. And um, that's one thing I've generally kept. Even though I hated doing parents. chores as a kid. Yeah. You learned the cleanliness yeah, and event, structure organization. They built the framework in my head right. and I didn't like it. But then I realized, oh yeah, the reason that they like keeping the house clean is it's way easier to keep it clean than to clean it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it's way easier to put... To maintain. To put that shirt hanging on your chair into your dirty clothes bin and you know wipe down the sink after you wash your hands. Or not the sink, but like the counter after you wash your hands. Rather than letting all that shit build up for a week and then cleaning it once a week. It's, yeah. So it's like tidying up is easier than clean, than deep cleaning. That's right. Uh, it's, that's funny and ironic because the last two days I helped my sister-in-law move her mom into a new place. And uh, I, I kept quoting my Uncle Blair a lot. Because Blair was, you know, Blair was all over the place, but he was very good and regimented and smart about things. Right. So in construction, measure twice, cut once. I've heard that one. When you're moving stuff, 
I'm gonna move it from point A to B, not point A, B, C, D. Right. So, so pick. Give me the game plan early and tell me A to B because I'm gonna make it A to B because that's my movement. Smart. So I was very much yesterday, like today, last two days, like telling Nicole, no, where's the end? Where is this shelving <laughs> unit gonna be two days from now? Yeah. I'm right. taking it there right now. Right. And so I was so I was quoting Blair a lot. And, and that's just thinking smart, working smarter. It is, yeah. Working smarter. Right. Because you got to learn these things. Yep. These are learned things. And so I, I do attribute that to Blair. And, you know, so yeah, you got you just got to see what, in life, I think, again, in the purview, you always go, yep, that's where I learned it from. Yeah. Yep. One thing I definitely got from my parents is my mom's impulsiveness, especially when it comes to like spending money. No mm-hmm. shit. And uh, <laughs> my dad's like hatred of authority. Like my dad, my dad does not like being told what to do. He does not like people having authority over him or power over him. Does that sound familiar at all to you? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm Preston yeah, Senior. Exactly. So, because he told me, like he said, he was in the you know he was in the Air Force when my parents were first married, and because he went to college with the ROTC scholarship mm-hmm. or with the ROTC program, so yeah. he graduated and then was an officer in the Air Force. And he did not like it. As soon as he was able to, he was gone. He did not like like he did not like had the the power they had over him. He didn't like didn't like being told what to do. And I was like, oh, I, I remembered that some at some point in my twenties, I remembered him saying that. And I was like, oh, and you know what? <laughs> yeah, me neither. In this podcast too. I mean, as I shape my evaluations of people, my relations individually, people, professionally and personally, I've, I I've now used your. St- uh, your tagline as my statement when I keep saying equals it's kind of what you say too I don't want to be friends with anyone that has authority over me right and you know what yeah fuck it I don't want anyone to talk down to me at all right but also it's like you know what I mean and then conversely when they do talk down to me like is it even valid yeah. is it warranted right. and going back to what you were saying earlier is it me allowing it to happen or yes okay good time <laughs> So, yeah. if, you're, if you're wondering, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, I, you know, everyone needs to find their way, man. And it sounds like your dad and mom did okay for themselves, though. I guess so. They're both retired now, but they, I mean, I think they're okay. They moved to the middle of nowhere, Idaho, because it was cheaper, and they hopefully planned out well how they would be able to afford that till they died. Because they definitely, I mean, my dad worked for the state of Utah for like 20 years. So he has a pension. So he has a partial pension. Oh, okay. And they have social security from both of them. That's good. Um, and they did talk to somebody and like plan out when the best time to start withdrawing was to get the most. Right. Because like depending on when you start, you get a, a total amount that actually ends up being less or more. I'm not sure how it all works. Well, the, seems the, like you should have a long K's versus IRAs are different. Like, well, I'm talking about social security. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, they don't For, really have they don't have much of four hundred one k's. They have not much money in their personal retirement accounts. My dad's pension, which is partial, and then they have social security. And then they have whatever they managed, I guess whatever they made from the house sale, right. which I'm guessing nothing because they ended up buying another house. Uh-huh. But yeah, so. Well, yeah. No, it's hard. Again, financial planning, another thing people learn at a young age, or they don't. Like I've learned, my uncle Stacy, who was always like, had always put this perception thing on him. Mm-hmm. Like he was always trying to be the uh, image guy. Right. Nice car, looking good. So we used to walk around the neighborhood in which I, drew, I walked you around yesterday. And he was just talking about credit cards, credit ratings, debt ratios. like, And that's where like my financial uh, stewardship, I think, originates from. 
Mm, okay. Like frugalness and just like fear of like debt. Right. My fear of debt definitely comes from my Uncle Stacy. Got it. Who's also a Mormon. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was the one that gave you all the all of his expired food stories. Yeah, right? yeah. Nice guy. That's <laughs> so funny too. Uh, so uh, Stacy got a divorce with her second wife uh, in two thousand nine or ten. Second separate wife or? Well, again, he's Mormon. Uh, right, that's why I asked. And so it's really funny. Like uh, divorce is not allowed. Well, Stacy's done it three times now. So, <laughs> I'm like, when does the church exile him? No, yeah, right? No, no, is it exile? Yeah, it's like, um, after the third failed marriage, Yeah, is it them or is it you? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, kind of like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, you're the asshole in the marriage kind of thing. So, I'm such a nice guy. Actually, I love, I've always been the objective support system for Stacy throughout his craziness. And right. I'm, Dealt with craziness with them for years. We tried to be a level. I tried to. I tried to give him love and respect and be there for him throughout the years. So in two thousand nine, whatever, maybe eight nine, uh, when he got a divorce, had his house in Vista, sold it, and then uh, he bought a house in Lake Elsinore. Okay. So I was like, you know, smart move. I'm gonna introduce him to Bill. Okay. Who is not really religious. Right. He's totally opposite than Stacy. Right. Stacy doesn't drink. Bill drinks. Bill's a hippie. Stacy is an uptight type A wannabe CEO. Oh, yeah. You mean like... Mm-hmm. And so I was like, fuck it. Let's do this. Fireworks. Hey, Stacy, here's Bill. Bill, Stacy. Now we're talking 12 years later, whatever it is now. They're still talk. Stacy only talks to Bill. He doesn't talk to anyone in my family. Except Bill? Except he talks to Bill and I get updates oh, yeah, on how Stacy's doing huh. by Bill now. Interesting. Yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, so that's really funny. Is it because everyone in your family got sick of him trying to convert them to Mormonism? Well... <laughs> Is that why he doesn't talk to anybody? Well, that too, but he's just a... He's just a unique character. Aren't we he's all? A, yeah, right? He's just a... You know, the problem is... It's the same thing that we talked about before, right? It's reality, your ambition versus reality. Stacy always wanted to be Mr. Corporate, white-collar, CEO, executive. Just like the leadership of the church. You know what he's never been? None of those... Any of those things? <laughs> But like, so in his mind, like he keeps striving for it by deploying this aggressive regiment of type A food and uh, just condemning everyone. It's like, this is not leadership, dude. You're just an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're just an asshole. Okay. And, and, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't want to hang out with him either. He, he, and this is where I'm going to pivot here to say, Bill, who's a certified counselor and very astute to people's motives and whatever. He's like, Brennan, the problem here is the only way he knows how to be love a relationship with you, uh, he's the authoritarian mm-hmm. and you have to listen. He's the stern father figure. And if you change the paradigm as you have throughout the years, he's now exiled me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm the bad guy because I challenged his opinion. Because he challenged his authority. And I challenged his authority. Yeah. And that's sad because... If you are a leader, shouldn't you have a good rebuttal to being challenged? Yeah, absolutely. Shouldn't you have answers to your decisions? Right. So. Yes, to answer your questions. You know what I mean? Yes, you should. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I know they were rhetorical, but. So once again, Brennan just being the third, you know, just, you know. But I I don't, half my life I don't give a shit. But Stacy was a good guy. He didn't mean well. He just has bad tact and doesn't know how to interact. He's misguided. He's misguided. And he has 
<laughs> he, he's misguided for so many reasons, from what I can tell, just from the little bit you told me. But we don't, yeah. need, we don't need to psychoanalyze your uncle that I've never met. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I'm actually giving kudos in this podcast about him. Like, the financial stewardship that I deploy, oh, right. deploy today, as I have the course of my professional life and my adult life, I, it's definitely not for my parents. Definitely from him. Cool. There but, you go. But again, it's all derived in fear, which I don't like that either. I live my life in fear. He made you, so the way that he taught you about money was by what? Showing you, exa- telling you about why and how things will horribly go wrong if you didn't follow his advice? Or did you actually, did you like hear what he said and then see your parents fail to do that? And then that what made you scared? Yeah, like, I had examples of like, this? oh, what he said. And the bad example is how it occurred. Yeah. So, so like you're, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so like my uncle Blair, who I love dearly, best friend, whatever, he died broke. He lived life though. So then I also admire those that live life right. in the moment. Like you're saying, you spend fru- uh, frivolously. What's that saying? The, the bright candle burns, burns faster. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Right. I can't remember the exact saying. But, but yeah, that's, that was Blair. He lived it. He's like, I'd say that's a better way to go than... Oh, I 100% agree. The so tiniest like, flame you can possibly manage while still keeping the candle alive? No, no, I'm good. And that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to, I've, always, I've always lived my life in fear based on my life experience. Right. But at the same time, I'm trying to find that happy medium of living in the moment, uh-huh. spending accordingly, but not fucking myself over tomorrow. Right. So that balance is... Uh, is that's a tough one to find, yeah. Oh, it is, especially when you don't have a constant... The tendency, if you're into saving, I would say the tendency is probably to oversave for a lot of people. Like you can, you should definitely save a lot to start. But once you have a decent savings built up, you don't need to save so much until you know you use your savings and you turn on this. It's kind of like filling a bathtub. You you have a savings. I'm gonna I'm I'm reading rereading my systems thinking book. Okay. Giving a presentation about it at work, and so um, I have that on the brain. And she uses faucets in her diagrams to put inflows into systems. So systems have stocks, mm-hmm. whatever resource yep. it, the, the system produces is the stock. Mm-hmm. So the stock in this case is gonna be cash, right? right? Or yeah, so, or sorry, savings, I should say. So you get your savings up by turning the spigot of savings, of throwing money in. Once it gets to a certain level, you can turn that spigot down to a maintenance level rather than, you know, just, yeah. you, know you, you put in a bunch, save up $10,000 for emergency fund, and then you can crank back the savings rate and only save like a hundred bucks a month and it'll still build up. Mm-hmm. And then you can enjoy yourself. You know, you don't want to save your money and not have fun your whole life. Cause what happens if you get hit by a bus the day you retire? Oh no, I, I think it's a valid question. This is where, you know, yeah, I think I, I yeah, I think it's a good analogy. I would say you should save as little as you possibly can to secure your, to make yourself feel secure financially rather than try to save as much as you possibly can like a lot, like the fire movement, for example. The fire movement. What, we, what does that mean? Free uh, financial independence, retire early. Oh. It's those people that yeah, yeah, yeah. work and save and do nothing other than save for till they're in their mid thirties, and then they retire and live on like thirty grand a year for the rest of their lives. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need to do that. <laughs> well, it's, even though working sucks and it is tempting, but, but it again, sounds like a lot of work. It's one of those things, and uh, we've had this conversation because we have both sides of the pendulum. I work. Not as frequently as you. You've had a full-time job consistently for some time now. Yeah, and it fucking sucks. I hate it. But again, work is purpose. Work is structure. Work is work gives you a routine, which is great for your psyche. Yeah, I suppose so. 
But I don't work and in order to... And it's good for your to, social dynamic, too. I suppose so. I don't really hang out with anybody at my work, though. But, it but is you nice go to into it's, work. It is one of the major places where I interact with people, though. That's my point. Only because I can't avoid interacting with people when I'm at work. That's I hate what I'm saying. So you people. have to act accordingly. Yeah. You, when you drive to work, you know you have to... Once you enter that door, you have this... I have to turn it on. That's right. I hate it. You know? Turning it on is exhausting. It is. But it's mentally stimulating. It's physically stimulating. Yeah, I suppose so. And this is where it's a good thing. Yeah. You know? And again, I believe in work ethic. At least the people there are cool. Yeah. There's definitely places where I really don't want to do it, talk to the people at all. But I, so far, everyone there I like. Well, except for one guy. But that's just... Anyway. So yeah. yeah. No, again, it's just... You know who you are, and no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm a huge advocate of looking back and analyzing and saying, I've learned a lot from these people. Right. I've, I've mentioned Blair, Stacy, Bill, Daniel, his dad, Dave. You know, I've had a great template of what to do and what not to do. And I, therefore, I've carved out a pretty good pathway considering my trajectory. I've done okay for myself, and I, you know, and uh, it's... Uh, I'm thankful for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thankful for that. But yes, I want to live more. I want to spend more money and do it up. But I also go, shit. I, sp- I, I dropped about $100. No, what I dropped last today. 40 45 50 something like that. 50 at CJ's. Then oh, yeah, you did buy some. You guys bought some beers at Oh, hard, hard, hard. I don't know, probably like another 15 Yeah. I don't know how much the beers were. I don't remember. Let's just say Probably like five bucks. Let's yeah, go. I spent 70 bucks last night. Yep. Totally worth it. Yep. Worth it. But that's not something you do every night. That's what some people don't realize. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. my, that, that's, that it felt that's, good right. because I haven't done that in a long time. Right. It was a release of sorts. Yeah, and I felt good to take you and show you around. <laughs> it kind of boosted my ego. Of like, shit, in my hometown. Oh, shit, Preston, she's scared. I'm the baller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were times where I was like, oh. Oh. This guy might be, uh, you know, <laughs> when we're sitting I might, down, I might that be. Big dude, did that big dude start talking to you? Actually, two situations. I was watching. I'm like, oh shit! I hope it's going. Well. When you're at the bar, uh-huh. so we had two rounds of drinks, right? Yeah, and three. At O'Hara's, we had two. We had two beers each. At O'Hara's, I got two rounds and you got one round. I don't think so. I got the second round. We anyway, did. irrelevant. We had drink. We had at least two drinks. Okay. Each. But when you when we were at the table. Uh huh. You went to get the second round. Uh-huh. You were at the bar. And I ta- and next to Preston was this guy with a uh, pretty beefy dude and this girl. Uh-huh. And then I see them both talking to Preston. I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh, does Preston know how to navigate this? I hope he does socially. Does he know how to defuse the situation if it goes down? What happened? Uh, so I was wearing flip-flops, and while I was standing at the bar, I don't know how, somehow the stool that the girl was sitting on got moved on top of my flip-flop so like one of the legs of the stool was pinning my flip-flop to the ground and you know she was a big girl so there's no way I was gonna pull that that flip-flop out so I, like, I tried like pulling my foot out and I was like wait it's like I looked I was like oh and so I was like um sorry but I think your stool is on my flip-flop and then she she's like oh so she moved it off and then she's like that's the most riverside or the most lake elsinore thing i've ever heard anyone say that is awesome <laughs> and i was like yeah that is awesome see you're already blending in so well when are we gonna buy a house yeah right uh, and oh yeah totally like elsinore and let's buy the one of the dilapidated ones on the on that side of the lake what side is that That'd be the west side of the lake. Yeah, the west side of the lake. Because that was obviously the wrong side of the lake. <laughs> Definitely is the wrong side of the lake. It's called Grand Avenue. Yeah. That was the wrong is. side of the lake. Yes. But cheaper. Of course. It was apparent. apparent. It was apparent that the land and properties there are cheaper. <laughs> Very apparent. 
but it's okay. There's no code. You could keep working on your house at three in the morning. Yeah. So you know that joke. Um, I I forget. Is it Jeff Foxworthy where he's like, you see a or anyway, you see a you know a yard with an engine hanging from a tree and there's like a car on cinder blocks. That's a house where a gun lives. You know that joke. Yeah. Yeah. It was like every house that I saw on the west side of the lake. I was like, that's a house where a gun lives. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like the the uh, I like the preconceived. Stereotypes of Lake Elsinore. Mm-hmm. I like to be debunk them. You like to like shatter to, them. I like to shatter them. Yeah, but it's, Sandy, it's fun Sandy to also reinforce them, right? Oh well, that's isn't true. it fun to be like, oh, see that person right there? Fucking boom, Lake yeah. Elsinore. That's right. And then you're like, but that person, right? Yeah. Totally. And then the second story, my observation of you last night. So we're sitting uh, at a table and we're facing the band, but uh, uh, Preston is on the outside where the walkway is. And there's this big dude wearing a shirt, and he bumps into you, and he gave you, like, a hug. Oh, um... What happened there? I, well, so he just kept walking back and forth, and I was, like, sitting cross-legged on the chair, because that's how... That's what prevents my back from hurting constantly. Okay. Even though now it's destroying my knees. But anyway, uh... <laughs> so I was sitting cross-legged, so my knee was kind of, like, poking out, so I was just moving my knees over, out of the way, whenever he would walk past. Oh, I and see. And he was like, sorry, man, or thanks, man. And so he hugged okay. me. Got it. Gave me, like, a bro hug, you know? Yeah, he did. I'm like, oh, shit. So, yeah, good times, man. Good times, fun night. I've learned a lot. I uh, thanks all. I thank all the people from Lake Elsinore I met. The good, bad, the ugly, and we really touched upon the bad or the ugly. But there's a lot of them. So, but yes, all the years in Lake Elsinore living here, not the best at all. But in retrospect, I have some fond memories. Yeah, the lucky thing about memory is you tend to remember the good things for some reason. Don't know why that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's because well, otherwise mechanism. women would never have babies again. Yeah, it's defense mechanism. Like, oh, fuck, this is bullshit. <laughs> you gotta, you, you can only keep hope alive if you have positive memories. Right, exactly. So anyways, any other uh, conclusions to your upbringing? Who, what did you learn? Who, what do you attribute to your hometown? Hmm. Rural. No, but I need to go back and analyze that. I mean, I do want to... Uh, I, I wanted to go to the 10-year high school reunion just yeah. because I wanted to, like, see how people had changed. I ba- what, I really, what it really was is I wanted to see all the fat asses that used to be super hot when I was in high school. Yeah. And be like, oh, oh, that person that I used to think was hot as fat, that person that I used to think was hot as fat, that person that I used to think was hot as fat. And, like, how miserable everyone was. I, yeah. That's what I wanted to see. Sure. Um, but I didn't, I couldn't figure out, like, I couldn't get a hold of anybody or find any info about it. Right. But I, I want to go to the 20-year reunion, like, completely ripped... And like wearing a tank top, you know, with a nice tan, super unstressed, like hot, and just be like, hey. There you go. <laughs> like openly bisexual as opposed to being closeted even to myself in high school. And oh, like really? really? shy that's and right. dirty. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exciting. And I still also want to see how miserable everyone is now. That's <laughs> well, funny, man. And actually, we saw Gabe this morning, and great guy. He's always been a good friend, and we always had mutual respect for one another. But man, I went to my 10 year reunion. But we partied in PB the night before. Oh, Jesus. And the day of, the following day. But Derek, fuck it, let's go. Let's go. I'll pay for you, man. I'll pay for you. Oh, man, I'm hungover. Oh, fuck it, man. Let's, you know, let's pound some uh, five-hour energies. So we had two of them. Jesus. I went to my 10-year anniversary like a tweaker. I was so... Way to make a good impression. Oh, I was like everywhere, social, social butterfly, sweating bullets. My eyes are just zoned out and I'm just like retarded. Actually, I have a great picture, which we'll probably, we should put it as the main, we should put it as the main, do you do images for the 
Can you do images for, for a specific episode? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should put that on there. All right. But uh, I'm just have my shirt down, like down to here, dude. I. <laughs> All right, let's I, do it. I, I hooked up with a chick that night. Was, that was she was my high school sweet, sweetheart. I, she was I mean, your high school sweetheart. No, no, no. I'm sorry. High school, high school crush. crush. Oh. Then I got to hook up with. The tattooed like, yes. one you told me about last night. What's that? The tattooed one you told me about last night. No. Different one. Oh. Different Damn, one. dude, you hooked up with a lot of chicks. <laughs> you needed to give me some advice. I don't know how to hook up with chicks. But yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. High school union was great. I recommend it, but I went in there just wanting to have a good time. I told myself, don't talk. We have social media. It was 2000, what is it? So 2012 this happened, right? Because I graduated in 2002. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was when Facebook was getting really big, right? Yeah, totally. Like, everyone was on it. So I'm like, I know half these fucking people. I'm going to say hi to them. You want to hang out? Dance? Let's do this. Like... I had very brief conversations. Oh, you didn't need to worry about being shy? Or you just wanted well, to I see didn't, as many I didn't people? want to get in like conversations and have a 30-minute conversation uh, with individuals. You didn't want to have 30-minute small talk conversations yeah. with every person you met? Like, I just yeah. went around like, who's having fun? Who's drinking? Let's do this. Like, I just Smart. was party mode. Smart. It was party mode. And I will go through pictures. And you got laid, so apparently it worked. Yeah, it was good. I had really good times. And now she lives the city over. With, she married to a fireman Ooh. and has a kid. Good for her. And owns a house, and she's an RN nurse. I mean, I I see you near yours. Oh, so she's killing she's, her life, and although um, she had a scary year, I imagine. Sure. Anyways, all right. I give respect to where I grew up, and I don't diss it, even though it is pretty shitty. Yeah. Do they call it L.E. like Los Angeles is called L.A.? No. We should we should do that. It's Let's just called L. Start Snor- calling it L.E. Or it's just called. Oh yeah, dude. I'm from Shithole. L.E. I grew up in L.E. That's smart. It'll be confusing. I w- yeah. There you go. All right. Okay, thanks for listening to us ramble, everybody. Talk to you next week.